That's powerful testimony there. So many testimonies we continue to hear from, uh, you know, just people praying in tongues. You know, you think, how can I pray without seizing? That seems like a little excessive, but you know, when you pray in tongues, you can pray all day long. There's no limit. You pray in the spirit. Like we keep hearing amazing testimonies. Just talk about restoration, healing, um, and the big things and the small things. So, like Jerry said, God is. He is uh, in everything. He's interested in everything uh, that's going on in our lives. So, anyways, uh, it's a great day. Um, good to see everybody here. We had an awesome worship night. Man, it was like almost full in here. Uh, don't miss those. Those are once a month on the second Friday of every month. And we just had a great time. I got to tell you something else. Um, our. Um, my in-laws church, uh, New Promise, they came to camp with us, and, um, and um, they, they have a church out in Phoenix. They, uh, they sent us $15,000 for our orphanage in Kenya, and so we're fully funded for the second house that is like, wow. walls are going up, roof is coming up now, so that's pretty awesome. I'm thinking before the end of the year, it'll be built, and we should probably have another eight kids in there. So for those of you that don't know, we are building an orphanage in Kenya because um, because God told us to, and it's you know it's been in our hearts for a long time, and and we'll be taking mission trips there soon, you know, as soon as you know things uh, with uh, lockdowns and stuff are different in different countries, and so we're waiting for them to kind of calm down as well, so that we can travel with no issues. But um, but yes, praise God, you know, each house is thirty five thousand dollars. Like, there's some of you that right now could be like, hey, here's the fourth house. Boom. <laughs> Third house, sorry. <laughs> um, anyways, God is so good. God is so good. Um, <laughs> um, I started teaching on faith last week, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be on the subject of faith for a little while. Uh, different aspects of faith. And uh, if you didn't hear uh, Wednesday night, I highly encourage you. James, that is an awesome teaching on healing. You know, uh, The week before that, Wendy uh, on healing as well. So good. And so there are some things that I'm going to mention today because I'll be, I'll be teaching tonight, uh, today on uh, faith for healing. And I'm going to be referring mostly to my journey. You know, I, I've been telling you for for a couple months that um, that I was eventually going to start unpacking my journey from the accident in April, and um, you know and how 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 the Lord has helped me walk this out, and uh, you know, like I just I'm just in such a better place, such a better place, and and I know there's people that have suffered. Uh, way worse injuries than mine, and I know there's people that uh, suffer also chronic pain and, and have had conditions and things that have been in your body for years, um, and maybe you've uh, even gotten used to some of those things and uh, gotten to the point where you're okay with them, but, um, but I want to share with you a lot of things, and I've been writing this stuff for a long time, um, kind of like a timeline of the last, uh, it's almost going to be four months on the 24th of, uh, you know, what I, what did I do and what I, what I continue to do because I've been, um, 
I've been exposed to miracle and uh, miracles and healing since I was probably 15 years old, and I've seen amazing things, all kinds of wild miracles and crazy things happen, you know, uh, in front of my eyes. Uh, I've prayed for, you know, a line of 20 blind people and all 20 out of 20 recovered sight, and I've seen amazing things, but um, it can be a little different when it comes to your own healing, and... Um, and, uh, and, and that's where sometimes people start veering off and thinking, oh, well, maybe it isn't all like it says in the Bible. And that's a big mistake to make, you know, because the Word of God is, is our only solid rock foundation. It's the only thing that is truth. And, uh, and uh, we can build our lives upon it and know that it'll be safe. It'll never fall, you know. And so... I want to start sharing some of those things. I probably won't get to all of it today, you know, but I, I just have so many testimonies. And, and some of these testimonies are, are little things, are like ridiculous things, you know, but uh, it's things that you kind of take for granted and then you don't notice until you notice them. Like today I'm wearing a new shoe. And I mean one new shoe because the other one I've been wearing it for about a month. <laughs> it's just that I, you know, I was wearing a boot on this one forever. So I, I never got to wear the new shoe. So uh, now I have it. A new shoe on the other one and and it's and it's amazing you know like <laughs> and you're like that's okay <laughs> right but it's the little thing sometimes that you go wow you know my wife's like why don't you take off the sock I said honey right now if I take that sock it'd be like Darth Vader taking off his mask and um <laughs> I said I think I'm gonna wait a little longer you know but um you know, it's just little things, and I think that's part of um, part of the the process, part of the progress is uh, so learning how to celebrate and notice every small victory, whether it's big or whether it's small, and give glory to God. You know, because I think a lot of times we question, we go, "Well, was that God or was that just like normal?" Let me tell you, every good gift comes from God, and that's what the Bible tells us: that every good thing comes from God. You know. Well, the body's just supposed to do that. Who created that body? You know? So, um, you know, not taking for granted the, the small things and, and making sure that we celebrate every small, every small victory, every small step, everything. Um, it also keeps hope alive in our hearts. And so, um, so listen to James, listen to Wendy. Those, those are amazing teachings on healing. And... Um, in whatever the situation that is, it is that you are going through, that you have, let me tell you, God is a God of healing. You know, He wants His will is always to heal. You know, and um, Third John says, "Beloved, I wish that you may prosper in health and, and in everything. You know, as your soul prospers, that you continue to advance. You know, it is not God's will that we continue to decay or to get worse or to expect the worst. You know." Uh, everything works by faith, you know, and that's what I was saying last week. Um, what we put faith to uh, is what we're going to see in our life produced. And so that starts in our thought life. You know, what we think about all the time and what we think about all the time also has to do with what we're listening to because faith comes by hearing, right? And so if we're hearing the word of God, we're going to produce the God kind of faith, right? And we also talked about how to enrich our faith. You know, and, and last week I explained this, and I won't go uh, totally into it, but, 
You know, it's like, you'd say like, I have faith, I believe, but help my unbelief. Like the man told Jesus, he's like, I believe, but help my unbelief. Is like, uh, that's a clear example of a high value versus a core value, you know. And it's like, what it means is that you know it's in the Bible, you know it's true, you've heard people receive uh, miracles and, and, and answer prayer from it, and you know it's true and you want to believe it, but something inside of you is telling you, for some reason, it's not going to happen to you, right? And so you have a high value because you consider that to be truth, but it's not a core value, it's not fully inside of it's not part of you. It's just something you hold up in, in high esteem. Like, and, and a lot of people, a lot of Christians do that with the Word of God. They're like, yeah, I know He wants me healthy and prosperous. And you know it, and it's a high value. You would tell anybody that that is the truth. You would agree with any other believer that that is the truth. However, it is not a core value. It's not part of you. And because it isn't in your heart, it isn't a truth that is settled in your heart, then you're not seeing it manifested in your life. Because it's out of the abundance of the heart, right? The mouth speaks, right? Therefore, we create with that. And it is out of the heart that flow all the issues of life. So everything that, that is in our heart, it's not everything that's in our mind. You know, from our mind, we put seeds into our heart. But it's ultimately what's in our heart. And I also explained last week that sometimes, you know, that it's like that belief, I believe, but help my unbelief is like having an air pocket of unbelief inside of you you know like the disciples knew is the word of God was true the disciples knew that Jesus had given them permission to cast out devils but they come to Jesus and they're like hey how come we couldn't do this and he's like it's because of your little faith but that that doesn't say little faith the word used there is it's because of your unbelief so it's like you believe but you have an air pocket of unbelief that says maybe it's not for me so when you pray in tongues and you pray in the spirit you're enriching your faith and you're like causing those air pockets to come up to the surface and to be gone. Because it's not about the amount of faith. Because we, we were all given the measure of faith. The faith of Jesus. It is about the purity of it. And some people have more air pockets than other ones. There's some real gassy Christians. <laughs> Sorry. They need to be burped. <laughs> Burp the person next to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Um, so for those of you who don't know, April 24th, I was uh, on a long dirt bike ride. And then um, and then I fell off a cliff. It was a 40-foot cliff. I'm oh, just kidding. It keeps getting bigger every week. <laughs> I got to go back and measure it, see what it was really. <laughs> I'm going to go back like in a caged, you know, <laughs> padded vehicle. <laughs> and um, and I, I just, you know, I had a bad turn and, uh, and I went off this cliff. And about 10 feet, my, my knee dislocated, completely turned into an L, you know, that way. And uh, yeah. And I uh, tore every ligament except the ACL, and um, I, um, I grabbed my knee. I couldn't see it that way. I put it back into place, and then Carlos, uh, he's the head usher of the second service. He was with me. We started praying. We saw miracles happen right there, a bone that was out of place, back into place. Later on the x-rays, I had no broken bones. Explain that, you know. 
And so we saw miracles, you know. It took three helicopters to get me out of there. Finally got out of there, uh, ER, and that night they put a metal fixator on me. Uh, and it was a very, very painful week. But when I was in the ground, um, you know, I was like, ooh, okay. Um, I really have to, I really have to start practicing everything I've been teaching for like <laughs> 20 years, you know, like everything that I've learned and seen, like now on me, you know, like I did real good with COVID last year. I was like, that's nothing, you know, like it's got no power on me. Like we did great with that. You know, I, I had COVID for two days. I, was, I had body aches and, and it was gone. And, you know, and then this comes and this is like harder than that, anything I've ever experienced before. And so immediately the Holy Spirit started reminding me things because, you know, that's his promise. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit promises to remind us all the things, you know, that, and, and to teach us to be our teacher. So as I'm in the ground and I'm experiencing some really, really dark thoughts for it seems like eternity is only a matter of seconds. The Holy Spirit reminds me, it's like, nope, nope, no. Reaction is everything. Remember you say that? Reaction is everything, right? So I just, I... I changed my, my mood, and instead of going down this dark alley of it's never going to be the same, I just changed the image in my head because faith sees the impossible. So in that moment, I was seeing myself crippled for the rest of my life, and I'm like, no, change the image. So the image I changed to was, um, many of you know it, running on the beach doing long jump, <laughs> you know? That's it. I'm just running on the beach and just jumping, you know? And... Um, and so it changed my image, and, and I was like, all right, that produced joy inside of me. And what it does, it produces hope. Because there is no hopeless situation, and you've heard us say this many times. Steve Backlund taught us this. There's no hopeless situation. There's only hopeless people. So the minute you lose hope, your situation seems hopeless. But there is no hopeless situation. There is no pit too deep that Jesus can't pull you out of. Like there's just nothing is impossible with God. And to him who believes, all things are possible. Right? That is truth. So therefore, we need to line ourselves up, our thoughts, because our emotions line up to that as well. Right? And then we start experiencing what our emotions are doing. And so, you know, in a moment, just changing that image, I'm like, no, 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 no. Faith sees the impossible. So what am I seeing? I need to start seeing right now. How do I see myself? And I was like, you know, seeing myself on the beach, running, jumping, just like using my legs like normal like better than before. And so that was the first thing, you know, it's, it's my reaction, you know, so what's our reaction? And sometimes you've already reacted to this stuff and your first reaction really has an impact on your brain. And so sometimes you have to, you know, go back and kind of, uh, you know, rewrite that story and change the image and how you see yourself to see yourself how God sees you, Right? He paid everything for us on the cross already, right? Like he, he, he purchased the price for us to, to live healthy and in peace and, and joyful and, and, and provided for. So therefore, uh, we need to see ourselves that way, no matter what the situation or the circumstances, right? So the quicker you do that, the quicker you start turning yourself around. And so reactions to everything, you know. Um, one of the next things I uh, immediately had to... I was just exposed, you know, it was, it was vulnerability. And, um, and vulnerability is letting people see you when you're weak, you know. And I was broken, like literally broke, <laughs> right? 
And so here comes uh, the beginning of something I haven't uh, really done a lot of, um, like I have in the last four months, which is uh, receiving help, you know, asking for help. Like, you know, people started stopping, you know, on the side of the road, like, you guys okay? I'm like, no, <laughs> not okay. You know, helicopters started coming by. Um, one helicopter, two helicopters, three helicopters. It was like, it was an easy, it was not an easy place to land in. And so, um, first one stops, you know, it's a nurse, you know, she comes and she starts just doing her best, and I'm just thankful. At first, I'm like almost embarrassed. Like, the, the thing that's crossing my mind for all these people that are stopping for me is like, so sorry to inconvenience you in your day off when you're having fun, you know? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm like, I'm literally, I'm like, if you guys want, you could just go. Like, I'm sure the help will, will come, you know. I was like that. The guy on the joke is like, God, would you, you know, it's like everything's flooding. And he's like, God, would you send me some help? You know, and a boat comes by. And he's like, hey, you need help? And he's like, no, no, I'm fine. God is sending some help for me. And then the helicopter comes by. And he's like, hey, you need some help? He's like, no, no, I'm fine. God's sending help for me. And then he dies. And he gets to heaven. And he's like, God, why didn't you help me? He's like, yeah, I sent you a boat and a helicopter, dude, you know. And so I felt kind of like that. I was like, oh, you guys can just go. Like, help will come, you know. And, and I, felt so, I felt so guilty, you know. And actually, that was, that was a, like, a demonic attack like that. I've never in my life felt so much guilt. Like, it's something I've never experienced, you know. The amount of shame and guilt. I was like, wow, you're the biggest idiot can't believe you did this. What are you doing on a dirt bike, man? It's like all this stuff started coming up, you know. I'm like, regret, and it was like heavy. Like, I've never felt like something so heavy on me, and um, and it was guilt, and it was shame, and it was, you know, if you know, sh shame is as low as you can go. There's nothing lower than shame, and um, and so I, I felt, you know, really bad for everybody that was stopping by, and then paramedics came, you know, so I'm like, I'm like, thank God, at least they're getting paid for this, you know. Um, <laughs> they um, picked me up and turned me around. No, I'm just kidding. Um, they gave me some really strong sedative, you know, because they had to move me. And, um, and they put me on this stretcher, uh, tie me up, and then they need more people to, to come help. So, you know, more in the middle of the desert, like all these razors are stopping by and they're like, Need help? And they're like, yeah, we need all the help we can get. I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I'm like, I, I'm so sorry you guys had to stop. And I am like, I'm high on this stuff. I have no idea what, you know. I've never felt like this. I've never done drugs in my life, so I've never, ever felt like this. And I am high as a kite. And these guys, you know, they're stopping, and they're like, yeah, we'll help you. And, you know, uh, they pick up the stretcher. It's a really... It's a really steep hill, and uh, and so they start walking, and I start talking to all of them. I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, thank you so much. Like, I am so sorry that you had to stop your picnic today to come help me, but I bless you in the name of Jesus, and I bless you in the name of Jesus, and I bless you. All of you are blessed in Jesus' name for stopping for me. Like, you guys are like the good Samaritans, and I'm just like, 
I feel terrible, you know. I'm like, it's going to be quick. Just drop me off at the helicopter and go, go have a great day, you know. And they take me and, you know, they put me in the helicopter. And, and so that was the beginning of a lot of vulnerability, you know. Needless to say, our church family just so amazing. Friends, people just, you know, like just right there on the spot the same day, you know, come to pray for me. And just, you know, helpless right there. It's vulnerable, you know, just helpless. It's like, can't do anything for myself. Like, I can't move. I Like, for everything, I need help. And, uh, you know, and just, I was, um, you, you have no idea the value that is in uh, belonging to a family, belonging to a church family. Um, and maybe you've been coming, but you need to get connected. You know, it's in those small groups, it's in those ministries, it's in those trips and the stuff where you get connected with people and you get to be vulnerable and let people see you how you, how you really are and, um, and accept you and love you and, you know, just right there. And, and so I was in a place that I couldn't change and, and I had to, you know, just receive help. I mean, some people saw me shirtless for, I don't know, weeks and weeks. Like they would come to my house. I'm like, hey. You know, shirtless, just right there, like, thanks for coming, you know. We, people made food for us for like a month nonstop, you know. And, um, and uh, it was like, all right, you know, it's in, in the vulnerable places where you experience victories and breakthroughs, and, and, and uh, Jesus was our example of it. And um, I was, uh, we were watching this movie with our kids the other day. Many of you might have seen uh, Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, and um, great movie. And... Uh, and I was watching it, and I'm, you know, and my daughters are cringing, and they're like, this is so sad. Like, he's running around with his kid. He's got nobody. We're all thinking, like, we're all talking to ourselves, like, does he have no mom? Does he have no dad? Does he have no in-laws? Does he have no friends? No, nothing. And I'm like, if he only went to PDV. <laughs> if he only belonged to a church, he would have not slept in a bathroom with his kid. No. You know, and there, there's just... There's, there's a huge value, you know, and you think like, well, I'll never need that. Yeah, I thought I'd never need that, you know. And, uh, and boy, I, 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 like I got to experience, you know, what we promote here. <laughs> you know, I've, I've always been like, yeah, that's what it should look like. And now I got to experience what it's, to be, what it's like to be on the other side. And, and so lots of vulnerability and just saying yes. Thank you for your help. You know, in the middle of that, God speaks to us. Our lease is about to expire here. We didn't find a building. You know, we're like, all right, we need to extend our lease and we need to expand because we got no room. <laughs> and uh, we're kind of in the same place again. <laughs> and uh, and the first time we built it, we the first time we came here six years ago. You know, I I I was here every day. You know, from sunup to sundown and. And this time I'm like, we have to do this, and I can't go. Like, I can't go. And, and I'm the number one advocate of not burning people out. I'm like, I hate, you know, to ask too many. I know people have jobs and schools and everything, and like, but I can't even be there. And, you know, again, church people, everybody stepped up and, and made this happen. And I just like, I would just get pictures and videos and like, like, is this color okay? I'm like, yeah, you know. Yeah, 
by the way, thank you, Bob, for drawing this beautiful place out. You know, hey, you give it up, give it up for Bob. Yeah, I normally I would I would pull out my papers and you know start doing my drawings, and before I knew it, like Bob showed up with roll of plants. It's like you got four options, <laughs> and I'm like AutoCAD and everything. You know, it's amazing. Um, there's another. Um, Myth, if, if we go to James chapter 5, verse 14, and, uh, and, and if, if, you had, if you had talked to me maybe 10 years ago, I would have thought, yeah, listen, prayer for healing, you only get it once. If you get it twice, you canceled the first one. If you pray again, then it means you didn't believe it, and you're probably not believing it now, so what's the point? <laughs> And I was like, you know, like, but I learned that um, that's not true. It's not true. Prayer works. And every time you pray, why do we pray? You pray by faith because you believe that something's happening, even, in, even when you don't see it, right? Even when it doesn't happen immediately, you know something is happening. Something is moving, right? And so by faith, you keep praying. It's not like you're begging God. We don't beg God for something he already promised and did. But we continue to believe, we continue to speak to it, right? That's prayer, when we also use the authority and we speak to it. So it's not like we're saying, God, if it is thy, thy will, would you heal me? No, you know, there's no point in that. We already know it is his will. So what do we do? I mean, you know, I, uh, I received hundreds and hundreds of prayers, like from everyone here, from people out of state, from people out of the country, like, but there was not a time I would turn prayer down. And it's not because I didn't believe it was happening. It's because I believe there's power in, in, in this person. There's an anointing in this person. And when they're praying for me, I don't know what, but something is happening, you know. Um, and so in James uh, chapter 5 and uh, verse 14, it says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders, plural, Right? Of the church or, or leaders, you know, it doesn't mean pick the old, only the old people. Like just like <laughs> go to the church family, okay, and let him come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. You know, there's places in the Bible where it teaches us to pray without anointing with oil, and then there's there's places in the Bible where Jesus healed people with mud out of his own spit. And there's places where he didn't even touch them. He's like, all right, it's done. And it was done. So let me tell you, there isn't a formula to get healed. Because it is through a relationship. And the only thing we have to go by is, more than enough, is, is his word. You know, and everything that says in here. So when this happened, I, um, I decided I'm going to throw everything at it, like, like, I'm going to throw everything that the Bible says, everything that I've learned, I'm going to throw it all at it and until I see, you know, my full recovery. Like, uh, and so multiple prayer, you know, uh, verse 15 says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick or heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Okay, a different version says, And by the prayer of faith, the man who is ill will be made well. 
Another one says, and the, and the prayer offered in faith will restore the sufferer to health, and the Lord will raise him from the sick bed. You know, these are our promises, right? And so I received prayer from everybody, everybody. Every opportunity I had, I got prayer. You know, the hardest time was the four weeks that I couldn't come to church. It was the hardest, darkest, ups and downs time, you know. And, um, and it's not like, you know, like I was good all the time. I had times when it was hard and it was dark and it was hopeless and, and grief wanted to come in and stuff. And, and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do? I got to do what I, know, what I know how to do, you know. And so that's all the stuff I'm sharing with you, you know. And so maybe, maybe you do some of these things. Maybe you'll be like, oh, man, you know, I never thought of that or and some of this should help you uh, with whatever it is that you're struggling or dealing with uh, in your physical body or whatever it is. Um, and then, um, okay, yeah, and that's uh, verse 15 and 16, okay? Um, so, multiple prayer. Like, people would call me on the phone. Don Stewart called me on the phone. Cecil Paxson called me on the phone. Um, Barry Bennett, Greg Moore, like, giants of the faith right? And kids from our church, all the same, <laughs> all carrying something different, you know? And um, one of the things, I'm kind of going to skip to something else right now because I don't have much time, but one of the things that I, um, um, that I had to uh, really deal with was, um, the questions, the whys, you know, and um, um, there's an amazing book that I recommend to anybody, and it's not just for healing, but it's emotional stuff. It's called uh, How to Stop the Pain, and one of the things we learn in How to Stop the Pain from Dr. Jim Richards is is the why causes pain. The why causes pain. When, you, when you're asking, why God? Why me? Why this? That causes pain. Why did they do this? Why did they do that? Why did they do this to me? Why do they act like that? That causes pain. So pain's going to come, but suffering is optional. And when you continue to ask the why, 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 I'm not saying don't ask God why. I'm not, I'm not telling you it's wrong to do that. But when you haven't received an answer and it's just causing you suffering, you need to stop asking that why, right? Or resolve it in your heart. And so one of the things that I, <laughs> I tell people all the time is like, if you, if you haven't gotten healed and it's been going on for a while, like, I'm like, go to Sozo. Why? Because you deal with your heart and, and, you're, and you catch the lies and God speaks to you the truth and you have an encounter with him. And a lot of times, listen, we're, we're a three-part being. We, we're spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And I taught Sears like this uh, about a year ago that uh, it's called finding the root. And, and many times the root isn't in the body. Uh, many times the root is in the soul. So if you just speak to the body, but you don't deal with the heart, the soul, the mind, the emotions, uh, then it just grows back or never leaves. You're experiencing it in your body. And sometimes it's spiritual. You know, the Bible talks about the spirit of infirmity. And it just needs to be addressed spiritually that way. And so 
like I said, I was going to throw everything at this thing, you know, because I wasn't going to let anything rob me from getting quick, uh, getting uh, well and getting well quick. And so I called my friends, Chip and Amy, you know, like, can you come to my house and do sozo with me? And they also do healing rooms, which is amazing. So we did a twofer. <laughs> and um, and we uh, we had sozo. And, and one of the big things was like, God, like, where were you? <laughs> you know? Like, I believe in your protection. And I mean, it's a big question. I'm just being honest, you know? Like, like why didn't you protect me? And... You know, at the end of it, I, I realized you know, all the things that God showed me that he did protect me. He did protect me. And um, doctor told me um, that I was very close to having an amputation, you know. And I realized, like, oh, my gosh. God, I realized that there, there's so much more that I don't know that I'll know when I get to heaven, you know that happened um, on that day. And, um, and that's the part where you go, okay, would you give me peace about this situation? Because that's really all I need is peace. And to know that you love me and that you never left me. You know? And he did. And so that was one of the times that I received uh, one of the big breakthroughs in how I felt and, and the strength in my body and all stuff was right after Sozo, you know? And so many, many people wouldn't think like Sozo has anything to do with physical. It's all just, you know, stuff, uh, spiritual and emotional stuff. And, and, but it's not, you know. Uh, and so I had Sozo and I had big breaks, started having big breakthroughs in, you know, in progress and physical therapy and all this kind of stuff right after that. Um, and so if you've never done that, you know, I encourage you to do it. I encourage you to deal with your heart because there might be something in your heart that is preventing you from experiencing full healing and full health. There might be some lies that you're still believing because remember that it's what's inside that is going to produce what you feel on the outside. And so if there's something in your heart, if there's a belief system, if there's, if there's a condition that you've had for so long that is now just enmeshed and, being, and it's part of your identity... You're fighting against yourself. It's like uh, trimming a weed. Anybody trims weeds? No. What do we do with weeds? We pull them out from the root, right? We pull them from the root. And so many times that's what we need to do, you know, and start changing the way we, you know, you can't even see yourself how God sees you because it's been so long. And so when you go to Sozo and you do inner healing and that kind of stuff, it, it, it deals with what's inside. You know, my friend, uh, you know, you guys know Chad Deadman. He was here a few weeks ago. Um, he's been through a lot of uh, trauma. And at the beginning of this process, he, he called me and uh, he said, Ben, he said, you're going to have to do the hard physical work. He said, but you're mostly going to have to do the heart work. The heart work. And I did not know I had PTSD until Cachito told me. <laughs> you know, I was like, what? Because, like, somebody would walk by my foot, and I'd be like, <gasps> you know. And then I would, I would see a funny video of somebody falling, and it wasn't funny anymore. It was painful. 
Like I, I felt pain in my leg watching somebody just like fall off a bike, like no big deal. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's PTSD. I'm like, what? I, like, I didn't go to war. Like, I didn't know you could have this stuff. And so when I went to Sozo, you know, all, all of that got healed. And, and, uh, and one of the things that was really hard for me was to get in the car. So to get in the car to go to physical therapy was like, it was terrifying. I was in the back seat, and I would grab onto the seat with all my might and close my eyes till we got there sometimes. Because if I looked, I would start telling Kara how to drive, and I'm like, careful, watch out, ah! <laughs> and so it was, uh, it was hard. And so Kara's like, hey, my parents are going up to Sedona for their anniversary, and they invited us to go. You know, they rented uh, a big house, and, you know, we'd go for a night. And I was like, uh-uh, mm-mm, you kidding me? Two, three hours in the car? No way. Well, I went to Sozo before that, and after Sozo, I called Kara. I said, let's go. And it was awesome. You know? It's like fear and all these things that you don't realize, like, you know, God wants to heal all that stuff. And so um, I really encourage you, you know, deal with your heart. Um, out of it flows everything. You know, it's um, in Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart for from it flow all the issues of life. All the issues of life. Um, and um, I'm going to give you one more thing, and then I'm going to leave the rest for next week. Are you getting something out of this? I hope this is like helping somebody. You know, I don't want to just tell you a story, <laughs> but um, but I I, I'm, I want you to help somebody. The the other thing that that we we did a lot of was uh, laugh. In uh, Proverbs 17:22, if uh, we have it there, it says a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. You know. And there was times when I felt like it was a broken spirit, right? But, um, but we practiced laughter. Like we sought after laughter. Clean one, too. <laughs> uh, so we binged on Jesse DePlanis' Mary Hart series. <laughs> Jesse DePlanis is an awesome, you know, preacher, evangelist. Um, a lot of people don't like him because he's very rich, but <laughs> they're just jealous, I think. And... Um, <laughs> Um, but, um, but we just watched and we watched it over and over and over, like one after another, just his funny stories. He's just got a gift, you know, for, for that. And we would laugh and, and our kids would join us and we'd laugh and then we'd find ourselves, you know, impersonating the stories and remembering them and just laughing. And, uh, and it's amazing how God created us, you know, to, to laugh and to heal while we laugh. There's another thing uh, called Dry Bar Comedy. It's on YouTube. Clean. And there's some hilarious stuff there. I'm telling you. Like, if you're going to watch stuff, like, watch something that, that, that is benefiting you and benefiting your soul. And so uh, laughter is, it was amazing. It was, it was huge. It kept, it kept my spirit up, you know. Um, if, again, if you lose hope, you're done. It's game over. So you got to make sure you don't get hopeless, you know. So for that, vision is really important, you know. And Hebrews 11.1 says, um, we have it up there. It says, faith is what substance we cannot see. It's the evidence of things we cannot see, you know, uh, reality of what we hope for. And so 
what you can't see because your body's screaming at you something else. You know, that's vision. And when you're laughing, it helps you stay with vision. Um, God did a lot of miracles. That very first, um, the very first night I was in the hospital, uh, Kara came up here and I was watching live stream from my hospital bed and I was in a lot of pain. And you guys prayed. And it reminded me of uh, uh, Acts chapter 4, I believe, um, when they were praying and he was released from prison, like something happened in another place because the church gathered and prayed. And so I might have the chapter wrong, but um, anyways, I think it's right, actually. But anyways, you guys prayed here, and I immediately felt like the pain left my, left my leg, you know. And then after that, I was off the meds really quickly and, um, you know, off the uh, mo- most of the stuff, you know, I, I was off of pain after that. And it came and left based on several things. But anyways, you got to keep vision in front of you. You know, you got to keep vision in front of you. What's your image, how you see yourself and continue to remind yourself that um, continue to laugh, continue to receive prayer. You know, every, every opportunity, you know, I would ask people, come pray for me. Uh, one last little thing, at camp, um, and I'm kind of skipping through this, but we'll, I'll go through. I have so many things, I have so many more things that, I, that were key for me that I'll share with you next week. But um, I went to camp, you know, and I was like on crutches, and this was before my last surgery. And, uh, and the kids prayed for me. Like, all of them prayed for me. But let me tell you something. It wasn't just like, oh, Jesus, heal him, amen. It was like an hour. It's like we were in the middle of revival. Dan's leading worship, and kids are going crazy. Kids are drunk in the Holy Spirit, like, you know, wild. And I have kids stuck to my leg for over an hour just, like, praying, healing. Well, that night, one of the things that, that, I, uh, that happened to my leg is my nerve got damaged. Not severed, because if that's another, another miracle, if my nerve would have been severed, then I, you know, I would lose full movement on my foot. But it was just bruised and stretched, and so um, it takes time to heal, but that's what the doctor said. And so I had no movement up. Like, I could move down sideways and down, but I couldn't pull my foot up. And so at camp, kids prayed for me. That night, my toes start flickering. I'm like, and I'm telling you, it's just a little bit. But I'm like, Jesus, thank you. Like, celebrate every flicker. <laughs> every little thing. You know, I notice it. You notice you, you, you become really detailed, you know. Um, and so uh, we came back here. And it was, at, it was the beginning of this month when we had communion. And Wendy was, uh, was uh, receiving communion, Wendy and Don. And, um, which you should hear, it's amazing, it's, it's part of it. I also took communion for like a whole month straight. But um, they were doing communion, and then uh, she's like, hey, I feel like we should pray for Pastor Ben. So again, you know, a lot of people came and prayed for me, you know. And you normally, I normally feel like, oh, God, this is so embarrassing, you know. But I'm like, no. I'm like, no, I'm like, just bring it. Pray for me. Thank you. Yes, amen. And they prayed for me. And that day, it went from a flicker to an actual move of the whole ankle. So my ankle is now moving up. The doctor's like... Oh my gosh, it's waking up. It's coming back. He's like, he's like, there's, there, he's like about this 
about this foot thing, he's like, it's like the third's law. He's like, a third of it never comes back, a third of it comes back a little bit, and a third of it comes fully. I said, like, well, I'm, I'm from the third that comes back fully, just to let you know, you know? And so when they saw my little foot, like, starting to go up, they're like, yes, we see it, it's coming back. I'm like, yeah, it's coming back. <laughs> so anyways, I, I could keep you here long, but I'm just going to continue next week and, and continue telling you other things that will help you, um, you know, that are in the Bible to reach out and to, and to do, because it isn't just like, I got prayed for, it didn't work, so it must not be God's will. No, 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 no. Let me tell you, they're like, it is God's will. And it is, and it is a pursuit of Him and His Word that will discover, you know, healing. And sometimes uh, we would like it to come straight, just like, like a miracle from Him. But, um, but the way he does things have, have a purpose and a design. You know, God didn't cause this. He didn't trip me. He didn't, you know, do any of this stuff. Uh, he, he's certainly not responsible for my accident. But the, the, the way this process is going, you know, it, it's an invitation for me to learn and see new things that he wants to show me. And, uh, and it's full of hope. Because in the end of it, I'm running on the beach doing long jump. Right? So... Why don't you uh, stand up, and, and we're going to dismiss, and I, I just want to pray for you before James comes up. Um, Father, I thank you for, for your word, and I thank you that um, our testimonies uh, help us and help our family um, in the places that sometimes we're stuck or, or we don't know why. So I pray that, that your word would go deep in our hearts, and it would um, transform us. That uh, this very week you would uh, you would encounter people as their healer in uh, maybe areas and conditions and things that they had given up hope for, and I just thank you for a new hope to be birthed in everybody's heart this morning in Jesus' name, Amen.